Hello, this is Minister Ginger London. Thank you so much for joining me on this evening. And we are continuing with our five-part series on uh, letting go and moving on. And on tonight, we're going to be talking about the purpose of letting go. And uh, and so we're going to begin with that. And we're going to open up with the scripture for uh, this week, Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. Forget not Forget the formal things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not? Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and stream in streams in the wasteland. And so that's our main scripture for the week. And on tonight again, we are talking about the purpose of letting go. And as we uh, start on tonight, I wanted to share some, uh, maybe about two of the. Uh, top quotes on letting go, and I thought they were really great for what we've been talking about. And so the first one um, actually comes from Alexander Graham Bell from a long time ago, and the quote is, when one door closes, another door opens. But we so often look so long and so regretfully upon the closed door that we do not see the ones which open for us. And I thought that that was absolutely great because a lot of times we don't understand the reason why we need to let go or the purpose of letting go. It's because we keep looking at the past for so long that we don't recognize that there are some new things happening and some other new doors that are opening up. Uh, Another one is um, from The Wonder Years. I think that was a movie, and it says, change is Change is never easy. You fight to hold on and you fight to let go. And then the last one um, is from an unknown source. And um, it is there's no need to miss someone from your past. There, There's a reason they didn't make it to your future. And so I thought that was really a really good one as well. And so those will help put in perspective for you the purpose of, of, of letting go and why you need to let go. So tonight I'm going to share some teachings from you from one of uh, the study manuals that I have called Friends, Foes, and Fellow Christians, Making Good Choices in Personal Business and Spiritual Relationships and Avoiding the Wrong Ties. And if you visit the website at www.gingerlondon.com, you can uh, purchase a copy of Friends, Foes, and Fellow Christians. And uh, and so the website, again, is www.gingerlondon.com, Friends, Foes, and Fellow Christians. And so we're going to get right into uh, tonight's uh, teaching. And so we're talking about the purpose of letting go. And so the scripture that we're going to um for that comes from Isaiah chapter 1, and it's verses 5 and 6. And they read, why should you be stricken again? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faints. Sole of the foot, even to the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and petrifying sores. They have not been clothed or bound up or soothed with ointment. And so the purpose of, one of the main purposes of letting go is because you have to get to the place where you actually stop the mad your life, and that is the bad um, cycle of relationships, that's the bad um, uh, experiences that you keep having over and over, or the cycle that you keep repeating and keep finding yourself going through, because it creates madness in your life. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how to stop the madness. I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and you see if you can find yourself 
in any of these series of questions. And the questions are, have you ever been involved with a person who was all wrong for you and not realized it until months or even years later? Have you ever had a habit of um, of mistaking drama intention for true friendship? Um, have you ever wanted a responsible, matured friendship or relationship only to end up with an irresponsible, unreliable friend who drove you crazy? Do you have a fear of abandonment and make desperate attempts and statements to maintain a friendship or a relationship? So if you answered yes to any of these questions, then it is time to actually stop the madness. Because how can two walk together except they agree? Except they agree. So it's hard to walk with a fool and not eventually do something foolish. And so let me give you a definition of a bad friendship or relationship. And we talked about it a little bit on Monday night, and that it is one that involves continual frustration. Uh, it is chronically lacking in one or both. Uh, there, there's something that's chronically lacking either one or both people uh, in the relationship, something that they need. And so these relationships can destroy your self-esteem. They can prevent... Um, those involved from moving on in their personal, professional, and their spiritual lives, and they are really breeding grounds for loneliness, for rage, and for misery. And that's because there is something missing in those relationships. The people, one or both of the people, people that are involved in the relationship. And so the New Living Translation says, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, that I just read to you like this. It says, it's like, why do you continue to invite punishment? Now, that's a good question. Why do you continue to uh, invite punishment? And you invite punishment every time you repeat the cycle. You invite punishment every time you try to connect with the person who rejected you or the person that walked out or the person that betrayed you or the person that you stranded or the coworker that keeps messing over you or um, the family member that continues to take advantage of you. Every time you try to connect with them, trying to get something um, needed within yourself or avoid feel, you continue to invite punishment. And it goes on and says, must you rebel forever? You know, must you continue to ignore your own life, continue to ignore the life God has purposed for you? Will you continue to do that forever? And then it says, your head is injured and your heart is sick. If you've ever been in a bad relationship, if somebody ever left a relationship unexpectedly or they dropped you uh, and uh, like a hot potato, then your heart was sick. If you unexpectedly had uh, was taken advantage of, or if somebody betrayed you, who you least expected betrayal from, your heart became ill or sick, or you were disheartened by that. Your heart hurts because of what happened to you. The word says you are sick from head to foot. You know, covered with bruises, welts, and infected wounds without any ointments or bandages. That means that you're wearing your emotions on your sleeve, uh, you're bleeding all over the place. And uh, I'm sure you've heard the, the phrase, hurting people hurt people. And so a lot of times when you go through the, the bad uh, relationships, especially more than one, there are uh, comes a, a point in your life where your life is just a pile of wounds, a pile of bruises, a pile a pile of welts, welts and uh, um, unhealed places, and you feel like there's no relief for that pain. You feel like there's, as the word says, no ointment. There are no bandages. Am I ever going to make it through this? Will I ever get healed? Will I ever love again? Will I ever find a true friendship again? You actually uh, are at a place where you feel like there's no help for you. You know, 
you leave those bruises and those wounded areas wide open. And so what happens? People come and they dump on them again. They come and they they um they pour salt on that wound and you're hurting again. They betray you again. They take advantage of you again. They lie to you again. They run a game on you again. And you repeat the cycle again. And then your emotions become uh, piled with a lot of negative thoughts. Why did I see it? How could this have happened again? Why didn't I see it coming? All uh, all sorts of things come into your spirit while you're go- while you're going um through this. And then it continues to read, why should you be beaten anymore? Why do you persist? You know, and that's the question. Why do I keep going through the same thing over and over again? And when will this madness stop? Because it only becomes um, madness when you have repeated the cycle more than one time or you have been with that one person who's been uh, unfaithful, unloyal, uh, untrustworthy dishonest when a whole lot of negative characteristics go with that one person in the relationship you've been involved involved with and when that cycle repeats itself more than one time now it's madness you're just in a cycle of madness and I don't, no matter how you try to dress that up i don't care if you know in the back of your mind somewhere you're trying to find um, some good qualities about that person the bottom line is the character speaks for itself so you can dress the person up if you want to but if they are if they are liars they are liars you know, if they're cheaters, they're cheaters. If they're disloyal, they're just disloyal. You can't dress up um, untruth, and truth doesn't need a covering. It, spe- it, it, it presents itself well. So whenever you have to cover up somebody's flaws and try to find uh, some things, good things to say about them or good qualities, you have to stop and say, why am I doing this? And why? what is the purpose of me trying to do this? There's a lot of madness going on here. And so... When the Bible says that your whole head is injured, what it means is that uh, your understanding has been afflicted. In other words, it has been tainted. It's not rational. There's no sound reasoning. Your understanding is bad. That means that your relationship and what you think about relationships are as a, at the end when you come out of something. Now your thoughts that you have are tainted because you allowed yourself uh, to stay in something longer than you should have stayed in it. And so now you're at a place where you're thinking, okay, um, how do I change my thought life? How do I change this? You only change it when you allow God to bring healing and some balm and some ointment uh, into your life. So when your head is injured, that means that your understanding has been afflicted. And I'm sure most of us can say that we've been around someone who has who's been in some uh, several bad relationships, and when you try talking to them, they just don't seem to get it. They can't. They don't seem to understand exactly what you're saying to them, or that's how it comes across. Well, in most cases, that is true because the the uh, pain is so bad that they have allowed their thinking to be overtaken by the pain and the hurt, and so the, their ability to ration and reason has been tainted by the madness that has been going on in his or her life. Okay, and so when your when your when your head is injured and your heart is afflicted, it means that your emotions are all messed up. And that's why I told you uh, on the last two nights, when your emotions are messed up, you need a strong, good support system of people around you who can help pull you out of the mess that the bad relationship or the past has brought you. And I say relationships, and I mean any type of relationship across the board. It could be a childhood memory that's, that is tormenting you. It could be something that happened in your childhood that's tormenting you. It could be a friendship that you had with somebody for 10 or 15 years, and all of a sudden the person just went sour on you. And so 
I say that I'm not necessarily uh, limiting myself to romantic relationships. I'm talking about any type of relationship that you have in your life that has now um, become a cycle of madness or that you were once in and it was a cycle of madness. Okay, so that means that when your head is injured, that there's no reliability, no trustworthiness in your thoughts. There, that you cannot depend on what you're thinking. You have to get somebody to help you bring some renewing to your mind. Because if pain stays, if the, the if the aftermath or the impact of the pain stays in your mind, then the only thing that's going to happen is you're going to think pain. You're going to have painful thoughts. In other words, so everything that you think is going to be affected by the pain. I mean, so and and the only thing that that pain does, it just puts you in a position where you know you're screaming for some help. You know, you want if you have a headache, you want to bear aspirin. You know, uh, if you have pain in your leg, you want like uh, ibuprofen. So the only thing that pain does is it makes you scream for help. So when in this case, what happens is your thought life become a life that says, "I need help." Because my my ability to reason and rash and to rationalize things has now been tainted, and I'm not doing it from a sound and safe mind. Okay, so you can't. Your mindset is no longer dependable. So your entire being is affected by that. So when your thinking is bad, you will relate poorly. When you relate poorly, it means that your bad spirit, the the, the bad spirit or thought life, is controlling you, which causes you to become someone else other than the person that God created you to be. And now you're wondering and asking people, what's wrong with me? Why I keep going through the same type of relationship? Why I keep um, attracting these jokers? Why I keep uh, attracting the same type of woman? Man, these women that just won't, they're no good, they're gold diggers or whatever, whatever term you use to resolve that. But the focus is now you're trying to figure out what's wrong with you. And really what's wrong with you is you don't have the skills and the the knowledge that you need to have healthy relationships and make good choices. And so it goes back to whenever you're at that place, you need help. And so that help is either a strong friend or that help is a professional counselor, that help is a clergy person, your minister, or somebody in the ministry that knows how to counsel people. You need help. And you can't sit at home and say, it's just me and Jesus. Because if that could work, then your mind would be, uh, not that it doesn't work, but if um, it, if it was all that you needed or if it was all that God intended for us to need, then we would not need uh, to be connected to other people. As I told you on um, the other night, two are better than one. Because when one falls, the other can pick can pick him up. And so it's important that you have that support system because any time you start speaking to yourself and teaching yourself and you rely just on that, then the only thing that you can honestly say is I've deceived myself because, you know, I was talking to myself. I was teaching myself. I didn't get this from anyone else. I got this from what I taught myself. So if you're self-deceived, you're in, in trouble. Because that means that there's no one else around you that you're listening to other than yourself. And the only thing that your mind and your heart are producing or stories uh, that that uh, inc- include pain in it, okay? So you're going to have to stop this in your life. And what that means is that you have to gain control of your own spirit. As I said on one other night, you have to begin to strengthen your inner man. You have to get into the Word, and you have to begin to apply the scriptures that are uh, significant to you becoming stronger as a person. You have to find those those scriptures. You have to find the scriptures that teach you, teach you that you are more than a conqueror, that you are victorious in Christ Jesus. If you don't, you're not going to make it, and you're going to find a relationship that's really going to destroy um, your life. And so you have to stop yourself 
where you are in that cycle and say, this is not healthy. This is not good for me. And you have to um, take a step of faith and walk away from some relationships. That's the only way you can stop the madness is you have to stop yourself. In other words, you you can't control the other person, but you can control your participation in the relationship. And sometimes that's hard because you're looking at, uh, let's say you've been in a relationship for a number of years, even if it's a, especially if it's a dating relationship. Looking at the time you've invested, money you put into it, you know, gifts, ideas, conversations. You're looking at your investment in, uh, into it. And you think, because you're looking at it from that perspective, that your investment was a good one. And that's why you want to let it go. If you really would have stepped back and take a look at it and say, I've made a big investment into this relationship, but it has not been a good investment in this relationship. Because now that I look at it, I was in a cycle of madness. That means I wasted a lot of time. You know, I wasted a lot of conversations. I've wasted some money because I invested money into it. I bought gifts. I went out to pay for dinners. You know, I did all sorts of things, you know, and I wasted some time because I kept repeating that cycle over and over again, and I allowed my emotions to be wasted because I kept trying to find uh, uh, the right way to love him or the right way to love her or the right way to stay connected to the friendship, and nothing worked. So I wasted some emotional strength. In, in, in the cycle of madness that I was in in that. So you have to stop yourself because every um, that's a part of every believer that has the potential uh, for immaturity, for selfishness, for controlling, and for power-seeking. There's that, that, there's that potential in all of us. But the Word of God tells us to be self-controlled. So when that potential for those types of qualities begin to, or characteristics begin to creep up on you and you recognize them, it is your responsibility to, to gain control of your emotions again and, uh, and bring yourself back into a place where you're healthy, you're whole, and you are... Um, Functioning properly, you know, um, and a lot of times when you go into these types of relationships and cycles over and over again, what happens is because that journey has been so uh, draining and in most so hard, there's a, a spirit of ho- um, hostility begins to build up. And like I said before, you can become a mean spirit or cruel person because you're so angry about that cycle you kept going through. You're so angry about what that person did to you that um, you you start doing some blaming, you know, you start the, the accusations, you know, whether it's towards that person or towards yourself. So, in other words, you really don't have the ability right now or the strength to right now to look at it from a rational place and actually say, you know, here is where I messed up. Most of the time in those situations you need some help. And so if that's where you are, I want you uh, to get some help. If you read in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17, it says, stop doing wrong and learn to do right. Or it says, and what that means is learn to live right. You just have to stop. You know, if you're in that type of situation or if it's something from your past, you're going to have to make a decision. I have to stop doing this. I have to stop ha- allowing the memories to repeat themselves, the um, the tape to play over again. I have to stop trying to connect to someone who doesn't want to be connected to me. I have to stop trying to love someone who doesn't want to love me because one of the um uh, the most painful things to experience um in a relationship is when you're putting forth all that effort and then one day finally the person breaks down and says, "I can't love you the way you want me to love you." Or I can't love you the way a man should love his wife or I can't love you the way a husband should love her wife or 
can't be the kind of friend that you really want me to be. That is a painful phrase to hear because you have been so busy trying to make that thing work that you didn't take the time to really protect yourself and stop and say, let me get out of this cycle. You know, it might be painful to leave the cycle, but it's more painful to end the cycle than it is to get out of the cycle. So sometimes you don't um, step away because you think the pain is going to be greater if you leave and you don't recognize it'll be even more greater if you stay there. Okay, and so things that you have to do, you have to learn to do right. You have to take some action. You have to become accustomed to doing the right things. You have to become accustomed to having the right mindset. And that means that you have to put forth some effort to get those right things in place. You have to read literature. You have to read books on how to be whole. You got to read the scriptures. You have to talk to somebody. You have to begin. Once you gain that knowledge, now you have to start applying it life. There's a purpose for letting go. And one of the purposes for letting go is so that you can actually move forward. So that you can stop the madness and position yourself where something greater, some joy, some peace, some stability can come into your life so that you can experience the life that God intended um, for you uh, to experience. And so you have to wash and make yourself clean. And what that means is you get into the word and say, God, you repent. You say, God, what I've done was not what you desire for me to do. Wash me with your word. Cleanse me with your word. Get my mind right. Get my conversation right. Heal those heal those wounded emotional areas in my life so that I can go on um, with what you have called me to do. Uh, another reason why you need, uh, not, not need, but another purpose for letting go is because the past will cause you to have some, the pain of the past will ha- cause you to have some unrealistic expectations, okay? It, it's just some unrealistic expectations about your life, about relationships, and if you're not careful, it'll filter over into your profession or in your career, and um, and, and you'll have those things that... Um, what I call relationship uh, sabotagers. You know, you'll think that um, if the right man or woman comes along, that person can fix my life. You know, that's unrealistic. You know, how can someone outside of your life who knows very little about your life come into your life and then fix your life? Well, you know everything about yourself, even if you're in denial about it. And you know all of the most delicate parts. You know where the wound really is. You know how it got there. You know what was done to you. You know how you feel about it. You know what you don't like about it. You know you know all of that stuff. So you're the best person that you're the best person to actually start the healing process. Not somebody else in trying to connect with you in a relationship. Because if you remember yesterday, I said the only thing they're going to get is an is unfair treatment. Because you're not going to let them fix you. Because if you're hurting bad enough, you don't want to be fixed. You want retaliation. You want revenge. You want somebody else to pay for what the other person did to you. So you're really not that open. Like if you know if the right man or woman comes into my life, wow, I'm just so open. Why don't you fix me? You're not that open. That's not what you're looking for. You might want another relationship, but you're not really looking for a relationship so the person can fix you. You're looking for the relationship so you can have another relationship. And so that's an unrealistic expectation. Another one is um, uh, 
uh, he will be better or smarter in every way. You know, if another man, if I meet somebody else, you know, different from this guy, God, he's going to be better. He's going to be smarter. Well, if you have all those those areas that I told you earlier in in this uh, show, that if there if those wounds have not been bandaged, there's no ointment on the wounds. There's no balm in Gilead. If you don't have some medicine that's being applied to your life to bring healing. That person may not necessarily be better. They may look better, smell better, but eventually you're going to find out it's not better. It's just a cycle repeating itself. It's just a camouflage to draw you your attention to them. You know, uh, it's the same thing for a man. You know, sometimes we feel like, wow, if I could just get this person out the way, the next person will be better. The next person will be better when you become better. The next person will be better when you become better. And until you become better, the only thing that you're going to attract is someone else who's going to take you back through the same bad relationship cycle. You know, There's a saying, uh, and we've all heard the phrase before, you know, opposites attract. Well, okay, that would be okay in, 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 in science or in the scientific profession. But when it comes to relationships, I guarantee you opposites don't attract. You know, you might be interested in the opposite, but if you connect to the opposite, you're going to find yourself in a bad cycle, uh, a, a bad relationship cycle. Good and bad don't mix. They don't work out well. A bad Somebody who has um, shady character, somebody who has um, uh, uh, dishonest traits or characteristics, just because they show up in your life, they don't become better. Just because they show, because you connect with them. He does not become a truthful person because you connected with him. He does not become honest because he's now in a relationship with you. She does not become trustworthy because she's in a relationship with you. You know, so just because you connect with someone opposite than you doesn't mean the relationship is going to work. The word of God said, light and darkness have nothing in common. You know, if you're not careful, darkness will overtake you. And so you'll find yourself right back in the same bad relationship cycle um, all over and uh, again. And so you have to get past heal from unrealistic expectations uh, in your life. And that's the only thing that's going to help you. Let me read to you Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19 from the Message Bible. It's, uh, it says this, forget about what happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. This is God talking to you. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the in the badlands. Forget about what happens. That's how the scripture starts off. And I know it's hard and I know it's difficult at times, but it is crucial for you to forget. It's going to be crucial for you to forget about what happened. And what the word forget in that passage of scripture means, it doesn't mean that you'll never really have that thought again. But what it means is don't continue to recite this, to to continue to recite this old story over and over again. I talked about that last night. Don't continue to pay attention to that. Don't continue to uh, 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 go over it over and over again until you exhaust yourself just repeating it. You know, so you got to uh, forget about what happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. The only way that you can be alert is you have to get your to say it. 
You have to get your head out the cave I talked about on the first night. If you're up, if you if you're stuck in the cave and you're in darkness, you are not alert. You're just up in there. You're just waiting for time to pass by. You're waiting for maybe the next relationship, or and in some cases you've already resolved. You don't even want. You don't want to be bothered. I don't feel like being bothered with anybody. I don't want a relationship. I don't want nothing. You know, and so you've already resolved. So you're stuck in the cave. So if you're in the cave or if your head is in the sand, you are not alert. You need to become alert. Pay attention to what's going on around you. Pay attention to what's going on in you, which means pay attention to your emotions. Be honest. If you're hurting, you're hurting. If that pain is bad, you have to say it. This pain is bad. I have really been um, truly hurt behind this relationship. Not so that you continue to recite it, but just so that you can be alert that these are the areas that are affecting my life today and stopping me from living the abundant life. So you have to be able to confess that so that you can get it out your spirit and begin to now position yourself for some greater things. God says, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. If you are not careful, you will you can possibly miss the new thing that God wants to do in your life because you linger and stay in the past. You have to let it go because once you release it, it makes room for the new thing to show up. It makes room for new emotions to appear, stronger, healthier emotions to appear. It makes room for a new mindset to come about, for you to take on new thoughts and to take on more healthy thoughts and for you to um, start thinking about something other than a relationship other than the betrayal. You know, you can come up with God gave us a mind and we're capable of uh, creativity. We have the ability to imagine. You have to go into the recesses of your imagination by faith and you have to see yourself whole and see yourself healthy and you have to see yourself doing great things and not stuck in a rut but up and alert and moving and pressing toward a higher mark and a higher goal. And so you have to be willing to do that. And God is I'm doing a new thing. It's a bursting out. If you would pay attention, it's all around you. The new all around you. Every time you look backwards, you miss it. You know, every time you go into the past, you're missing it. Every time you rehash the incident, you're missing it. Every time you feel like you need to recite the incident again, you're missing it. You have to keep um, your vision forward, and you have to be alert so that you can see the new thing happening. And I know it's hard sometimes because uh, when your emotions are hurting, they're hurting. And sometimes you just feel like, I, I just I can't seem to shake it. I can't seem to let this go. I can't seem to shake this. That's when you have to do it by faith. You have to launch out into the deep, into the recesses of your faith and say, I can't do shake it on my own, but I can shake it with the power of God working on the inside of me. You have to remind yourself you have a greater power working on the inside of you so that you can lo- uh, become loose from that. And so, and you have to know that God is clearing the debris out of your life. He says, I'm making a road through the desert, rivers through the bad land. In other words, I got rivers, refreshing waters that I want to flow through your life so you can become uh, renewed, so you can become fresh again. So I have some rivers that are flowing. I have the, I've cleared the road path uh, out for you. If you walk straight and stop going backwards, you might be able to see your way out of this. But as long as you go backwards, you're on that rocky road, you see all those bushes and trees and all the debris falling on you again. And so now you're heavy all over again and you're crying. 
God. God, I just want to be fresh. I want to be new. I want to feel something different. We do all of that crying out and all those kinds of prayers, but we don't turn around and walk in another direction. We don't get our focus in uh, on uh, something better. We're trying to go back and straighten this out. And in some cases, you can't straighten that stuff out. You have to let it go. And so, and that's the challenge that we have in that. And so, uh, number two, the second purpose for um, letting go is actually so that some newness can come into your life, and that's going to be important. And so, the third thing is because God has some greater plans for you. The purpose of letting go is so that you can make room for the plans that God has for your life. Jeremiah twenty-nine verses, uh, chapter twenty-nine, verse. Uh, 11 and 12, most people are familiar with. Um, he says, I know the plans that I, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, uh, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Um, and so let me read it to you from the message because it is so clear. It says, I know what I'm doing. That's God talking to you. I know what I'm doing. Now, isn't that interesting? Because a lot of times when we're wounded in relationships, we don't know what we're doing. We think we know what we're doing, but we don't know. You know, we think we, we think we have it right, and we don't have it right. And sometimes we become so angry and so mad about what has happened, we don't even want to hear another person tell us that we're not doing the right thing. You know what we say? You don't know what I'm feeling. You never walked in my shoes. You weren't in that relationship. I was in that relationship. You don't know how it affected me. You don't know why I'm doing this. They're all kind of crazy things when we've been hurt in a relationship. But God is not like that. He says, well, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. He said the plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Sometimes, most of the time when people go in bad relationships, bad relationship cycles, they feel left out. They feel like they've been abandoned. They feel like they're all alone. God said, I'm never going to abandon you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm going to bring you into the plans that I have for you, and I'm going to let you become active in the plans that I have for you. And I know that's hard sometimes because, I mean, it's a struggle. We want to see uh, some satisfaction um, uh, from our relationship we got all entangled with in mess. Or we want to see some justice take place, if, if you will. You know, I want to see something happen. You know, I don't want to be the only one hurting. I want to see something. And sometimes you, you're not going to see it. So you're going to just have to let it go. And it continues on. It says, plans to give you the future you hoped for. If you're honest with yourself, when you're going through those relationships, you hope for something better. You hope for a, a true love. You're hoping for um uh, honesty to show up. You're hoping for faithfulness to show up in a relationship, for loyalty to show up in a relationship. You're hoping for a lot of things in the relationship that you are not getting. And so if you're honest, you have to say, even in that messed up situation, I still have hope. Okay? Now I want you to redirect that hope and say, because as long as I hoped for it in this bad cycle, it didn't show up. And so now I got to get my ex take my expectations out of a bad cycle because all it's doing is running it down and put it in something that's really going to make it manifest for me. So I have to put my hope in God, knowing that God is going to bring me what I'm hoping for, and that is a healthy relationship, healing in my emotions, a better thought life. I want to get rid of these negative thoughts and have positive thoughts. I want my conversation to change. I want my 
to change. I want to be able to see things differently in life. I want to be able to enjoy my life. I want to be for other people to encounter me and enjoy me when they encounter me, not come up on a, a, a open wound and, and say, oh, no, not another one. You know, I want them to enjoy me. And the scripture goes on and says, um, when you call on me, when you call on me and when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. I will make sure, verse 14, you won't be disappointed. And that's God talking to you. If you really want to be free from this, you have to trust what God is saying right here. I will make sure that you are not disappointed. See, that person that you were involved with, they couldn't make sure of that because their character was lacking. But if you want to position yourself to be connected um, in in a relationship with someone who really, other than God, God is the ultimate um, giver of life and, and sustainer of life, and he can provide you with the the most, the best possible hope and future. But there are some people on the earth who really are matured and who really can bring happiness and joy to your life because they also have godly characteristics and qualities. So if you want to be positioned in life where you can meet those kinds of people, then you have to trust God, not your not your wounded emotions. You have to trust God to make that happen for you because when you do, that's the only time that it really uh, will happen for you. And so that's the thing that the purpose of um, letting go is that God has some uh, thoughts towards you. He has already imagined you or seen you in a better light. He's seen you in a better situation. He's seen you in a better relationship. You now have to open yourself up for God to take control, bring you out of what you're in, and walk you into the new plans that he has purposed for your life. And I know it is hard, it's a struggle at times for that to happen, but if you trust God, it can really happen for you. And so that's the purpose of letting go. And I know um it's real hard and we're getting kind of intense in the teaching. And so what I want to do on tonight is um if you're in the chat room and you have a question I want you to or you have a comment that you want to make, uh I want you to go ahead and post it. And if you're um on the phone lines, I really want your feedback. And so if you want to make a comment at any time that you want to make the comment, you can press the number one, and then I'll bring you on. But I really want to hear your feedback. I'm going to open up tonight, and on the last night we'll also have question and answer session. But we're halfway through now, and so I wanted to open it, open the phone line up and give more time to you to talk about maybe where your struggles are and letting go or for you to uh, give your testimony if you've been freed from bad relationships and uh, bad cycles. But I really would like for you to, uh, for someone or a couple of people to come on and actually make a comment, ask a question, or give your testimony. So if you're on the phone lines and you would like to do that, just press the number one on your phone at any time. And if you're in the chat room, you can just type it in, send it, and it'll come up, and then I can um, read it and um, give you the answer or make a comment to whatever uh, you post in the um, in the chat room. So this is your chance to do that. So I'll give you a second to think about it. Take another second to hit the number one. All right. And so we're talking about uh, the purpose of letting go on tonight. And um, I want you to understand that the purpose of letting go is so you can release the past from you and open the door for a new thing to show up. Open the door for you to walk into the plans that God has purposed for your life. If you don't understand, there's a reason why you need to let it go. 
If you don't understand that, you're going to keep holding on to the past and nothing is going to turn around for you. You're just going to keep going through the same thing over and over and over again. And that's not healthy. You know, that's not wholesome. And then that's not godly because it takes you away from the life God created uh, you to live. And it takes you back into living uh, a life that God never intended or repeating a cycle. So I want somebody on the phone line Please uh, make a comment. Press the number one. Nobody's doing it. I know somebody has something to say in the chat room. Please make a comment. Post a comment. Okay. Give you a minute to think about it. If not, then I will um, give you a few uh, a few more points, and then we'll close for tonight. And so, again, like I said, I left this night open for those who wanted to make comments because I know sometimes when um, – you're listening to um, this type of teaching by radio or if you're listening like on a telecall or something, sometimes you have questions and comments that you want to make that you don't really get to uh, get to do because um, the time runs out with the teaching and, and so forth. And so we're going to go uh, to – and what I'm going to do is I did on last night, I'm going to call out your area code, and you'll know that I'm coming to you. So we're going to go to area code um, 504. Hello, you're on the air. Hi, Ginger. Hi. Hi. This has been a great show. Show. I think it is really informative. But I do have a question. Okay. What advice would you give women who have moved on? They're in healthier relationships, but mm-hmm. they often feel remorse about their past and their past decisions. What advice would you give to them? Okay. When you say remorse, you mean like sorry? Have a sorrowful kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. If they feel if they feel like they've contributed certain things to the relationship and they've come to certain realizations um, after the relationship was over, that they just kind of stuck in there too long, and maybe the relationship wasn't good because, like you said, they they weren't meant for each other. So you know, and she's moved on to a better place. But you know, if she's sorry about some of the decisions that she's made or ashamed of some of the decisions mm-hmm. that she's made. While she was in that relationship, okay. What advice would you give her? Um, I w- what I would tell her to do is she's going to have to learn to forgive herself, because okay. it may be true that you know whatever her part was in in that cycle or in that relationship, she may have had not may have. Uh, well, let me just say may have because every time you're in a bad relationship cycle, the it, both parties are not always bad. They're not all you know. You might become you know it could have been. You know, but when that type of remorse is residing in your spirit, then maybe there, then that means that there are some things that she's aware of. And so, if she's in a new healthy relationship and she's still thinking about uh, or feeling remorseful about that, then she has to learn how to forgive herself. And one, and, and the way to do that is number one to acknowledge, not necessarily call that person, but maybe to acknowledge it out loud to herself. I was wrong in that relationship. Those things, some of those things that I did, were uh, were wrong. They were bad. It was not the best decision. Those were not the best choices that I made. And then she has to literally forgive herself. She has to free herself from being indebted to that remorse or being indebted to that memory. Because if she's in a healthy relationship right now, she's doing that healthy relationship a disservice. Because whether that other person, the guy that she's with right now, knows that he, she has those thoughts or not, she's doing that the new healthy relationship a disservice because at some point she is not being her full self. Maybe it's out of fear. Maybe it's out of hesitation. You know, because if she's thinking, playing those um, 
whatever her part, participation was, if she's playing those things over in her mind and mind again, she now may be overly protective of herself or, or you know, may have a wall up. And what she may be doing is stopping herself from being freely who she is out of fear that she might bring that into the new relationship. And so the best way to become, uh, uh, the best way for her to not be indebted to the remorse or to the memory of her participation, number one, is to acknowledge it to herself and then to forgive herself. And so if she's struggling in the area of forgiving herself, she may have to take it one step at a time. And and um, and she does that. She can do that by um, reminding herself that she's genuinely sorry that she did those things. That now that I look back over my life, she looks back over her life, you know, I messed up. I'm genuinely sorry. And she may have to take... Uh, depending on what incidents that she's remembering, she may have to take them one at a time and forgive herself in a gradual pace. You know, she may not be able to just cold turkey, put them all in the same day and say, well, I forgive myself. I'm sorry I did that. I'm going to try my best not to ever do that with anybody ever again. She may not be necessarily emotionally strong enough to do that. So she may have to take each incident in her private devotion, I would say. Like I said, it's not I'm not talking about calling the person back, but she may have to deal with each one independently and forgive herself in you know, for each one separately. Or whatever it is. And I'm just using that as an example. Does that help? Okay. You? Yes. Okay. And so tell us where you're calling from. The I'm city and state. San Antonio, Texas. Okay. All right. All right. So if you're on the line again and you have a comment um, or a question, then please press the number one at any time. And so uh, I want to thank that caller for the question. And I'll I'll just deal with that for a little bit, you know, and um, I will say this, that if you are at a place where you um, were once bothered by your past and you are um, now in a healthy relationship and you're trying to move forward and you're remorseful, that it keeps coming up. It may be a situation where you have not forgiven yourself for your for your participation or for some of the things that you did in that um, uh, relationship. You're going to have to learn to forgive yourself. That's one of the hardest for areas of forgiveness is to forgive ourselves for the, some of the things that we've done because we look back over our lives and say, we should, I should have known better. I should have never done that. That wasn't the right thing to do. You know, that was just mean-spirited. I don't know how I could have done that. You know, and then as we mature in life, you know, sometimes those th- those um, situations linger. Don't allow the maturity to help us shake it off. And we cling to it. So that's the baggage, you know. And that's not necessarily um, all that bad unless it's been lingering around you for a long time, you know. So if it's just something that's brought to your awareness within yourself, then that may be God's way of saying you haven't forgiven yourself. And so you need to forgive yourself and uh, release yourself from being indebted uh, to that and so that you can go on um uh, there are some th- uh, areas of life, like uh, sometimes in addictions, people who are recovering, you know, they're told to go make amends. Where uh, not in every situation in every in uh, in life can you actually go make amends. Sometimes you're just going to have to pray, ask God to forgive you, and then turn around, and then you need to forgive yourself. Okay, so sometimes it's not always healthy to go back uh, into some environments with the intent of 
making amends. Sometimes you have to just go ahead and ask God to forgive you and then forgive yourself. And that's going to be crucial. So, all right. So, again, thank you for the, the caller for that uh, question. And so, again, if you have a comment or a question, press the number one. And we're talking about the purpose of letting go. And uh, and so if you have a, a question, a comment, or if you want to um, have a uh, – if you have a testimony about your life in this area, please uh, do so. Um, all right. And so in the, here's something in the, from the chat room, and I'll talk about this just a little bit. What biblical scripture applies to a married couple and the uh, and a, a married couple and the spouse is dealing with alcohol abuse and feeling empty, angry, dislike, and just can't take it. This situation has caused my whole personality to change towards that person. And I will say to you, that is a normal reaction. Because when you talk, when you're dealing with someone um, uh, with alcohol abuse or any type of addiction, especially in a marriage situation or in a, even in a family situation, because of the things uh, that the abuse, the addiction will cause that person to do, the the behaviors that come with that, and the the uh, the attitudes that come with it, the um, uh, the mood swings sometimes that come with it, some of the things that they do for the alcohol and for the drugs or whatever uh, can really become overwhelming at times to the family member, to the spouse. You're going to become angry because you want that person to participate uh, in a healthy and wholesome way in the uh, the marriage. It's not working. No matter what you say, you can't get them to go get treatment. You can't get them to go get help. Uh, nothing like that. The Word of God, when it talks about um um, alcohol abuse and addiction um, It is called witchcraft And I don't mean that I'm not trying to make that spooky for you It is where we get the Greek It comes from the Greek word pharmakia It's where we get the word pharmacy or drugs And so it is a spirit upon that person If you want to speak Since you're asking me biblically where it's from It is a spirit that is upon that person And you have to understand now, if you truly want your marriage to work and you truly want your husband to be set free or your wife to be set free from alcohol addiction and abuse, you have to learn a little bit more, <coughs> excuse me, um, as much as you can from a layman position uh, perspective about the type of addiction that your spouse is involved in. And you have to learn about what your role is in helping that person get the help that he or she needs or so that you can have a better understanding. A lot of times, and like I say, it can be really an overwhelming um, uh, issue of life, uh, but a lot of times we become angry and hostile and mad and we begin to dislike the other persons because we really don't understand addiction. We don't understand what alcohol abuse is or alcoholism is, what drug addiction is. And we don't understand. We see what that what that person is going through in front of us, but we don't have a general uh, understanding about what it is and how it affects the life of a person, what it causes that person to do and how, uh, the type of person uh, they can, they become. Because of that It's not you know Unless you married that person Knowing that they were an alcoholic But if it's something that came Into the marriage afterwards Then if you don't have that understanding And so you have to resolve within yourself Number one If you want your marriage to work Then you have to start praying for deliverance For your spouse You have to really pray for deliverance You got to pray that they will come into an, To the um, alertness Or to the uh 
awareness that they actually need help and they need to go get help from somewhere. They can't beat it on their own no matter what they tell you. You know, that's just this self-deception they can't do it on their own you know you so you're going to have to pray that they will actually become aware that they need to go get help from somewhere you have to decide if um what has happened so far is is it more than you can handle more than you can bear or if it's just you know, just been a little overwhelming, and you can you can try to press your way through prayer. You have to make a decision about what it is that you want to see happen in your marriage when you're talking about being married to somebody who is addictive or addicted to some type of illegal drug or, or to alcohol abuse. You you have to first make a decision about what you want to see happen to with your marriage. You know, it's more than you just being angry at that person because they're abusing alcohol. Because the Bible tells us that love covers a multitude of sin. And that doesn't mean that you condone the behavior. But what it does mean is that love is powerful enough to anchor that person and and ground them into a place where they can get the help that they need. That I love you enough to tell you that you have a problem. I love you enough to tell you that you need to get help. I love you enough to even find somewhere for you to go to get the help. I love you enough to find you a counselor, to find you a a therapist. I love you just that much. So you have to decide if that's the kind of love um, that um, – so – is and so the person is saying that the person refuses help. That is normal for someone who's addicted. That's normal for somebody who's abusing alcohol or any type of. They're abusing any type of uh, drug or uh, uh, prescription drug, illegal drug, alcohol, gambling. You know whatever the addiction is, pornography. That's a normal response. I don't want help. You know out of the question because they're in denial about it. And some people, you know, we keep saying they're in denial. A lot of some people know exactly what how bad their situation is, how bad their addiction is, how bad their alcohol abuse is, but they refuse to get the help. And so you have to make a decision. Can you pray the person through? You gotta constantly, you know, not nag, but every once in a while you gotta drop that, you gotta water that seed. You need to go get some help. I love you enough that I can tell you to go get help. I love you enough. I'll even find somewhere and let let you make the call so you can talk to him yourself. So you have to um pray pray that person out. So if he feels like he um he has it under control, he doesn't. And uh after he's had one of those uh alcoholic episodes, when he's not when he's not when he's drunk now, but when he's when he come down off that uh that um when he comes uh sober as much as possible from that intoxication, then you're gonna have to play back for him or for her what they did while they were drunk. Okay, you wasted all of your money. You know, you told a you tore a house up when you got drunk the other night. You just tore it up. You know, uh you went out and we didn't see you for days. You know, you wasted all the money. You're gonna to have to. You're gonna say you're not in control because these following things occurred with the last time that you were intoxicated. Um, and if again, if you're at a place where you're tired, where it has been emotionally overwhelming for you, then now you have to pray and ask God what is the best place for you to be. Because God doesn't want us uh, in relationships that are life threatening. He doesn't want us in relationships that are emotionally threatening to us, doesn't want us in relationships that are spiritually threatening to us. So if you are that tired and that overwhelmed overwhelmed in it, you have to pray and ask God to give you direction 
on what you need to do. And so if it means that you have to remove yourself from that because the word of God tells us do not be a partaker of another man's sin. It also tells us do not rescue a man from his sin because you have to keep rescuing him. So you have to pray and seek God for some direction on what you should do next. If you're tired, as you're saying, and if it's overwhelming and it's just exhausted from this, uh, because it can be exhausting when you're dealing with somebody who is addictive. I promise you it can be exhausting. Um, but um, uh, so um, it's, you really got to resolve what it, you know, what you want to do. If, you, if you're so tired that you can't press your way anymore, then um, you, you're really going to have to seek God and find out what it is that you need to do. And so after the, after the, uh, the show, and when we finish, I'll give you some scriptures on what I just said. I'll put it in the chat room for you, and then that way you can write the scriptures out, and then you can go and pray and seek God for that. And so the issue that's just been brought up in the chat room is an, is another example of things that happen in your life, uh, especially in marital situations that can occur that if you're not, you know, and you're trying to deal with it and the other person doesn't want to cooperate, and all of those kinds of things, and the danger in that is that let's say she bec- that person becomes so overwhelmed and so taxed by the alcohol abuse, or so taxed by if it were drug addiction or any type of gambling or anything that they could become so taxed in in that that even when the person goes and gets help, if the spouse who was not addicted doesn't get help from that. The person will come back, and that spouse will be living from the past, will be living from the addictive times and from the abuse time, the alcohol abuse time. You know, that's a, the that's a place that the person will be living from, not from a place of healthiness and wholeness. The person will come back, but what happens is anger and bitterness sets in and, you know, uh, resentment sets in because I'm mad at you because in order for you to get the alcohol, you pawn my stuff. You know, or I'm mad at you because you blew all of your paycheck on beer and the lights had to get paid. You know, I'm mad at you because, you know, you were gone missing for three or four days and I needed you to do something. And so they go off and they get help if that person who was not addicted doesn't receive some type of uh, counseling and help at the same time as the other person is going through recovery. The danger is they'll come back and they'll come back to somebody who is bitter and angry and constantly thinking about what that person used to be like so that that's the past again those old memories coming up and now instead of the addiction being a problem it's going to be the old memories of the addiction and the cycle of the the memory of what the alcohol put this family through put my marriage through how angry i was about it how um bitter i have become about this and yes i do think you owe me something yeah you might be recovered now but you owe me something you know you start feeling like you owe something you know so in any issue of life situation like that you really have to um be very careful how you um handle your own emotions and then how you go through your recovery because even though you're not the one addicted and you're not the one that's abusing alcohol, you still have a recovery that you have to go through because you have to recover those wounded emotions from that were caused by what that other person was doing. You have to recover uh, some peace back in the home. You have to recover the things that have been lost in the abuse cycle and lost in your hurt and your pain because of that. So, again, it goes back to, 
you know, how much more can you bear? Because the word says that God will not put much will not put more on us than we can bear. Not that God put the addiction on you, but you're in your, that marital situation, and He knows just how much you can take, and He knows how much, and He knows exactly what amount will break you. And God is not trying to prove that you cannot be broken by you know, or that you can make it through brokenness just by staying in a marriage that is unhealthy. And so you're going to have to seek God. We're going to, there has to be some resolution and some resolve in your spirit uh, through prayer and the Word of God on what you should actually do about that situation. And so again, that's a good example of. Uh, going through something in life and, and the, the cycle goes on and on and on and her, that person's cycle is present right in front of her, you know, or in front of him. And so you have to be, you have to really, really become a, um, guarded in your emotions in those type of situations. You've got to protect yourself emotionally and mentally. And the best way to do that is to find somebody in whatever city and town you live in, find somebody who can give you some information about alcohol abuse and, you know, alcohol addiction or alcoholism and or whatever else is going on so that you can have a better understanding about what that uh, addiction is doing to that person, to your spouse. And then even after that, if you still think it's too much to handle, then you have a tough decision on your hand. So thank you for that, for the person in the chat room. So again, if you're listening by phone and you have a comment or a question, please press the number one, and um, I will bring you on, and we'll hear your or your question. And so we have just a, a little, a few more, a little time left. So please, if if you're on the line and you would like to make a comment or a question, just press the number one. Or if you're someone else in the chat room and you want to uh, post another comment, then we'll deal with that. So uh, letting go is important. Um, the purpose of it is important. You you have to let it go. If you don't, you will never experience the plans that God has for you. The only thing that will happen in your life is that you will continue to go back through the same uh, cycle again. So we're going to go to the phone to um, area code 229. Hello, you're on the air. Hello, how are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Um, okay. It's funny that I happen to come in on the uh, issue of alcoholism uh, and its effects, uh, both for the person that is the alcoholic and the spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been one of my challenges in the past. Um, and I believe that it stems from growing up with um, alcoholism in my family line. And watching all of the effects and, and abusive uh, nature of it, and then of course you end up. Um, um, if you, I guess, if you don't, if you if you haven't completely dealt with it, it carries into your your present situation. Um, right. Because I end up marrying into. I, the funny thing is, I tried so hard to run away from. Anybody that I thought might be addicted, I actually ran right into, uh, you know, an addict, uh, a person with an addictive uh, nature, and so then the cycle begins again. And uh, it is, to me, the the probably the hardest part about it is um, the emotional wreckage that's left in its wake. Right. And uh, 
you know, it is that's more devastating than any than any other aspect. I mean, Absolutely. I've seen the, the 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 physical abuse. I've seen the mental cruelty that comes from it. Uh, the self hatred, um, and all the while, the person that is on the outside looking in has to learn how to not uh, be an enabler. You know, uh, I I can remember fighting myself uh, to not succumb to um, alcoholism as well because somewhere along the line you end up falling into a pattern. If you don't watch it, next thing you know, you're there as well. So it's a very devastating um, situation and, and the importance of letting go, I suppose, is simply being able to... Um, uh, function enough to allow God to take you to the place that he is trying to take you to. He, I, I, I really believe that with each generation that he is trying to, to help you to break free of, of those curses that are coming down from the generation's past. And and, and the hardest struggle for us is, is, is not continuing, uh, uh, you know, fighting against mm-hmm. God because we don't really realize What's going on? Right. Sometimes until it's too late, it's, it's a very, um, you know, it's a very hard walk, uh, but a very necessary one. And, uh, Absolutely. Fighting no matter what. And, you know, one of the things as I was listening to you and I came in on the telling of the other caller, one of the things that I, I, I think stood out for me is I remember a friend as I was going through my struggles and, and my travails, I remember a friend that uh, said to me uh, after my marriage dissolved, she said, God will never, um, and I, this was after seeking help from everybody. I mean, I was looking everywhere. I was going to Alcoholics Anonymous. I mean, everything. I went myself. I didn't wait on him. I went. And, of course, he would he would take me, but he would sit outside the car. But I remember she said this a very profound thing to me that, has stood with me then as well as now. And she said, God will never sacrifice a soul for the sake of a marriage. And that word was, I believe, the word that set me free because it was just so, you hear so many different things. People tell you to stay in the marriage. I mean, Mm -hmm. everything imaginable and unimaginable, you know. Right. There's so much that goes on. So I'm just thankful that I came in on this. It was just awesome. Right, and thank you for that comment because, like I said earlier, it is a spirit. It is a spirit. Uh, the Bible says it's a spirit of witchcraft, and so the enemy has sent it not only to destroy the life of the person who's actually addicted or who's abusing the alcohol, but also anybody that comes in contact with that person. And because it is so overpowering uh, in the life of the person who is struggling with that particular issue, um, uh the 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 other person the spouse or the family member uh can become emotionally drained because they want so much better for their loved one you know so much more for my spouse but I just can't seem to get it and because all of the mental things that are involved in that addiction the mindset changes you know depending on what they're on you know or what they're abused and I mean it can go really badly you know um the denial, you know, like you said, you know, you're going to take me to AA, you're going to sit in the parking lot, you know. I mean, it's just 
strange things that that occur in in addictions. And so I am in agreement with what you said, your friends, that God will not sacrifice a soul for the sake of a marriage. God doesn't want your life to be dissolved or to be taken just to prove that you were married. You know, so that's what I was telling the, the, the person in the chat room. You have to resolve within yourself what are the limits. What is the um, as much as you can bear limit uh, for you from God? And when you get to that limit, that's when you have a tough decision, you know. And so thank you so much for your comment. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. You're very right. welcome. Thank you for pulling this out. It's wonderful. Thank you. The only that I've caught has been there. I know it was it was just for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the word of scriptural reference that um, brought me actually on the phone is a scripture that I received as I was going through my my struggles, and I've been kind of uh, walking in that scripture, and I'm still walking it out. It's amazing, and I thank God for it. Which one? Which one was it? Uh, Isaiah forty three. Okay. Okay. Oh, that the main. Okay, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's where we that's where we struggle sometimes is actually being able to spring forward. You know, because we think we're stuck. We think we're in a rut. You know, the enemy tries to confuse us, and so we have a real difficulty in believing that we can actually spring forth into something bigger and better and greater than what we just left behind. You know. So thank you so much. You're so very welcome. All right. So I want to thank that caller again. And again, if you're on the call, on the line, all you have to do is press the number one, and I'll know when you're ready or if you have a comment. Um, and so it's really important um, to and, – and I hope as you're listening um, to the show and hearing the, the people that are calling in um, – that it it doesn't they were talking about alcohol abuse but any issue of life especially in a relationship can become overwhelming and sometimes you really do have to make tough decisions in order to let go you have to make some tough decisions in relationship so even if there was no drug addiction or if there was no alcohol abuse involved in the relationship the friendship or the um coworker relationship the the uh, family relationship even if that wasn't involved if there's anything in the relationship that's bringing harm to your spirit man harm to harm to your emotions harm to your uh your mindset you know or putting you at a place where you are actually being run down then you have to make a tough decision, and that tough decision is you have to decide whether or not it is healthy for you to stay connected to a relationship that is draining you, a relationship that is taking more life from you than it's actually giving to you. And that's where the tough decision comes in. And a lot of times people um, go a long time through life before they actually make that decision because um, as as the sister said, you know, because of some of the things that we've been taught, you know, some of the things that we've heard. So now what we're doing is we're trying to uh, quote scriptures and we're trying to stay there. We're trying to make it work. We're trying to make it happen. You know, we're pleading the blood. We're doing all kinds of things. We God, I send your word. He'll be set free, delivered, and all that's good. But God needs the participation of the other person. And so if that person isn't willing you know, and I believe that prayer changes things, but I also believe that the person wants where you're sending the prayers and who you're praying for needs to have a desire for change and needs to want to be set free. And so 
you know, even in uh, if it was a situ, if you were in a relationship that is, that's verbally abusive, or if you were in a relationship where the guy or the or the or the lady that you're in the relationship with are, are profuse liars, that they lie about everything. You know, if you're in a relationship where uh, there's some dishonesty, I mean, they cheat and steal. You know, um, uh, whatever it is, anything along those lines can be detrimental to your life. You know, because um, when you become involved with somebody, especially romantically involved, and it's unhealthy, um, it can cause you to do some things that are ungodly. So, because you feel like you owe that you're owed so much, and that um, you've made such an investment, if you're not careful, if a person isn't careful, then what they'll end up doing is they'll end up creating crimes of passion. You know, they'll create, they'll do things that. I mean, they wouldn't have normally done. You know, I'm so angry that he that he left me and all of it. Okay, I've dated him for three years. He we've only been broken up for uh, a month, and he already is dating somebody else. Okay, and then now from there you go and slashing tires and busting out windshields. You know, or she she um I dated her for two years and all and woke up two months ago and she already seeing somebody else. She must have already been seeing him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call her. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna call her and find out what's wrong without it. How you gonna date somebody else that quick? You over me already? I mean, we we say all, we try to rationalize all kind of ways, and what it does is it does it resolves nothing. It just causes us to become more angry, more bitter, more frustrated, and more hurt in the in the situation. So, uh, again, if you're in the chat room, you can make a comment, and we have to, with just a few more minutes. If you're in uh, on the phone lines and you have a, a comment, press the number one and. Uh, We'll take uh, maybe a one or two more, press the number one, and then we'll bring you on. If not, I'm going to close it out and then um, close it out with prayer, and uh, we can come back uh, tomorrow for part um, four. We're going to go to um, to the lines now to, let me tell you, uh, the area code is 443. Hello. Hello. I spoke with you last night. Um, I okay. was calling from Maryland, and mm-hmm. I was telling you about the re- relationship that I was in, and um, right. you know he had left and all, and he was ignoring mm-hmm. all my texts and everything, and so um, I haven't you know texted him or anything for a long while, and um, I think I had told you that um, Easter he finally decided to send me a text after about a month and a half, and so um, you had said that if I got any more texts or not to send any texts, which I haven't done, mm-hmm. he said, but if I got anything from him to ignore it. So my question to you is, with Mother's Day coming up, and if he was decided that he wanted to send me a happy Mother's Day text, what mm-hmm. should I do? Should I ignore that? I mean, well, you know, uh, you can read the text, but I probably wouldn't. Mm-hmm. That's, my suggestion is that you don't respond to it. Okay. Because it puts you back, it puts you back in the communication cycle again. Right. And what happens is, if you're not careful, the word of God said, "Hope deferred makes the heart sick." You know. So what happens is, the texts come, the texts come on Mother's Day, one of the biggest holidays of the year, right? Mm-hmm. And you are a mother, okay? Right. So it comes, and he says, you know, the text, "Happy Mother's Day. I hope you enjoy your day. You are a great mother." Yada yada. yada. What happens? You start feeling all good, mm-hmm. right? Your emotions get high. You know, but you've already time he texts you, if he texts, you've already, you know, your kids or your probably is already will all say Happy Mother's Day. Other people probably will say Happy Mother's Day to you, you know, um, and then here comes his text. 
And because this is an issue for you and this is um, an area that you're trying to resolve and let go, if you're not careful, you'll cling right back to it. Oh, he must really care about me. He sent me a text on Mother's Day and told me, happy Mother's Day, and I'm such a great mother. He likes the way I handle my kids. If you're not careful, you'll cling to it. And what will happen is you'll cling to something. He'll be honestly maybe just saying happy Mother's Day. and then But you'll be clinging to what you think are in, what may be in between the lines. Right. Right. Just like on Easter, like um, I didn't hear from him like for a whole month. And then he had sent me a happy Easter text for me and my mm-hmm. daughter. I only have one daughter and she's grown. Okay. She's 25. And, um, and I texted him right back, but it wasn't what he thought. He probably thought I was going to text back and say, oh, I'm so glad to hear from you after all this long. I didn't do that. What I did was send the text back, and I said, we wish the same for you, and I let mm-hmm. it go. And then that Tuesday, I sent him a text, and I told him that, you know, I didn't want him to feel like I was trying to uh, reconcile with him or anything like that, and that I told him it was good to hear from him, but I told him at the same time, you know, over the past two months that we were apart, I had a, t- a lot of time to think and everything, and that I, you know, was getting into the Bible more for myself as opposed to him mm-hmm. trying to preach the word to me, and I told him that... um. I had to learn how to let neg- negativity go and everything and to um, accept the things that I couldn't change, you know, and that I was just going to wait for, for God's plan for whatever he had for me. And, um, you know, that I didn't want to harbor any hard feelings towards him and that I hoped that we could remain friends and all of that. And, okay, um, but let me, let me, right, let me stop you. Mm-hmm. Because what you said was he thought that when I responded to his text on Easter that it was going to be a certain way. So you just sent back and said, you know, well, I wish the same for you. Mm-hmm. But what you did do was wait two days and sent him the exact text that you said that he was waiting for. Well, actually, what I sent the, the two days later is the text that I had sent to him that, you know, I didn't want him to feel like I was trying to re- reconcile with him, and I let him know that I had accepted the fact that it was over. That's what right. I told but him. What I'm, yeah, right, but what I'm saying is, Regardless of basically some of the words that you may have put in at the bottom line, what you I want you to hear yourself. What you said was he thought I was going to send a text back. Mm-hmm. And so I did not just send him back a text and said, you know, hey, you could do have the same. You have a happy Easter, too. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't send it that day, but you did send it. Now, it may not be verbatim of what you thought he wanted, but you sent him a text similar to the mm-hmm. text that you said that he was looking or on Easter. All you did was wait two days, but you did send it. And you sent a text with um, uh, some wording Mm -hmm. that you just, you know, it's like you had to, it sounds like you were trying to um, get some things off your chest per se or clear it up. You Mm -hmm. know, look, look, let me clear this up for you. I just sent you back a text to say happy Easter. I wasn't trying to get hooked up with you. So you don't even really know for sure he thought that. But you felt it was necessary to send him a text clearing that up. Uh-huh. So you have to go within yourself and say, why did I think that it was necessary to clear that up? Because right. I'm not with him anymore. So right. I'm not with you. I'm not trying to get with you. I don't want you to misunderstand my text. I want You have to search yourself and ask yourself, why did I think it was necessary to send a clear it up text? Let me clear this up for you. 
when he just sent you a text saying Happy Easter. So you really don't know what he was thinking, but that's what happens when your emotions are wounded and when they have gone through a cycle. You begin to try to rationalize some things, and then there are some things you dump the gun on. There are some things that um, you do to kind of uh, indirectly stay connected. You know, I hope we can be friends, you know. So... Like I just said, hope deferred makes the heart sick. You know, I hope that we can remain friends. Well, why would you have to hope that? Why would that even need to be important? Sometimes that that is said because, you know, we've learned that over the years. You know, in relationships, we hear other people say it. We're told to say it. You know, we picked up on it. You know, and sometimes we feel like, you know, I just want to make sure, you know, you know, ain't no tension here. You know, uh, that kind of thing. And sometimes... Tension isn't bad because if tension will get you, will, will keep you from connecting to what you should not be connected to, then you need to leave the tension there and go ahead and move forward. Because the minute you try to heal up tension, before you know it, you've made a connection again to somebody that was not good for you. And so I just want you to pay attention. You know, um, like I said on last night, you may have to. Uh, anybody that's listening may have to journal and write out. You have to do an exploratory look of, of of your life and what has happened as a result of this. And you may have to go back and say, well, look, you know, this is what I did. I, well, wait a minute. I wrote this scripture. I mean, I sent this text, but then I turned around and I sent this text. And then you have to be honest with yourself and say, well, don't make up any reasons. Be And sometimes it's painful, but it's just going to be you in the room with yourself, you know, unless you're talking to a professional. But be honest and say, I sent that text for another reason. And, there, and, and you, have to, you have to discover what is that reason. What made me, what pushed me to actually send that text, you know. And so because if you continue to do those types of things, what's going to happen is you're going to be sending a signal that you want to reconnect. And he's going to figure it out. And and he'll reconnect with you, especially if he doesn't mean any good. He'll come back for the sex. He'll come back for the warm body. He'll come back because maybe nobody else is there right now. You know what I'm saying? And then you'll get hurt again because he'll leave again. He'll leave it on the same note or a worse note, you know. And so now you're looking at why did I do that again, you know. So you have to come to the conclusion within yourself that my emotional being is more important than a text to him. My emotional being is more important than me trying to figure out what he's thinking. My emotional being is more important than me even knowing what he's thinking. You know, my emotional being is more important than that. So I don't really need to know all of that. I just need to know what's important for me right now. And that is I have to move forward, let the past go. I can't dwell on it. I only talk about it to work through it and learn some lessons, not to keep saying it over and over again or retelling the story over and again. I just need to work through it so that I can come out on the other side. Is that helpful? It's helping. And, you know, I'm learning that and I've learned that because even after I sent that last text and, you know, telling him, you know, that we could remain friends and all that, he didn't even answer that. So it's like you you don't even want to be a friend with me, you know. And it's it's sad because the whole situation is because we're on we're not on the same page spiritually. Stop right he, there. Stop right know? there. Let me mm-hmm. tell you what you just said. What you said was he didn't answer the text. You then concluded, Wow, he doesn't even want to be friends with me. So that is proof that you that send the so. text mm-hmm. for something else. 
when I say something else, I mean it wasn't just a friendly text. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You wanted him to respond back a certain way. And because he didn't respond back in your mind, now you would say, he doesn't even want to be friends with me. So I want you to pay attention to those things. When you, pr- when you play it back in your mind, that's what you have to pay attention to. Don't say, well, you know, the only reason we're not together is because we were not on spiritually on the same page. Forget all that. You now have to focus on the actions that okay. you were doing in the in the relationship and after the relationship that was that those actions that you were taking that were trying to keep you connected to a relationship that is unhealthy. Right. Okay. So it's something as simple as sending a text. I sent the text. I first said I sent it. Well, hey, you know, I just want you to know, no hard feelings. But really, I sent the text because I at least wanted him to text me back and say, "Let's be friends." And when he didn't text you back, now either you were hurt, disappointed, angry, whatever it was, but it was a whatever emotion came from that was enough to make you say he didn't want. He didn't even text me back to say he wanted to be friends. So that says you were looking for something in return. You follow me? Yes. So those are the things that you have to go back over and pay attention to, and that's why I said that if you really, if you, if you are serious about doing the relationship fast, you're not going to be do, you're not going to be able to do anything that puts you into contact with him. Nothing, no texts, no phone calls, no emails, no right. nothing. Right. Because now, what if go- I run into mm-hmm. him? I mean, I haven't seen him since we broke mm-hmm. up. You know, and um, what if I happen to because like we live in a, in a rural, a rural small town, mm-hmm. and everything, and um, just say because I'm very seldom to see him because he works late mm-hmm. night or whatever. But suppose I was to happen to run into him and he spoke to me and asked me how was I doing? What should I just say? I'm fine, hello, or whatever. Uh, and just, I mean, okay. keep going. Yeah, I'm going to be you. He walks up to you. Hey, how you doing? Nice to see you. How you been doing? Hi, I've been doing just great. I've been doing fine. Thank you so much. It's nice to see you. I'm, I'm glad you're doing, you know, not as, I'm, t- I'm you talking to him. It's right. really nice to see you. Well, look, you take care. God bless you. And you keep right. moving, sis, because right. if, 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 it's, if standing there talking to him does anything emotional to you, you got to make it quick and you got to keep moving. Right. You you're not gonna be safe mm-hmm. holding a long conversation. Especially face to face. You're not gonna be safe emotionally holding a conversation with him. You have to be cordial, you be polite, you respond back to the gesture of hello, how you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, how you are you doing okay? Hi, how you doing? Yes, I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking. Are you doing good? Wonderful. Wow, it is good seeing you. I gotta run. Keep okay, it's good seeing you. And you keep moving. You got it's gonna be hard, but you gotta do it. The whole time you're walking away, you probably you know all kind of butterflies or whatever's going on on the inside. Mm-hmm. You gotta keep moving. You have to keep moving. When you do something different, you'll get something different. If you keep doing the same thing, you get the same thing. You're so right. it's normally you would stop and chit chat. You can't mm-hmm. do that. You do something different, you get something mm-hmm. different. So I'm not gonna be ugly to you. Not gonna be mean. Right. Hello, how you doing? But you got to keep moving, and you keep. And going. I had said that too um, to myself mm-hmm. last week because it's uh, um, one of, at my girlfriend's church um, Women's Day in a couple weeks, and one of the pastors that's going to be there is one of the pastors that he um, 
you know, he used to go to her church and everything. And I said, well, I said it may. I said to myself, it may be a possibility that I may see him there. And I had mm-hmm. made up my mind if I did, I wasn't going to act ignorant or anything like that. If he spoke to me, I was going to speak and I was mm-hmm. going to do it. And I'm not just saying that because you said that, but that's what I had already made mm-hmm. up in my mind okay. that I was going to speak and just, you know, how you doing? Or if he spoke to me and just keep it moving, you know, keep on going. Because not only that, I wanted him to see how it felt to be ignored, but I was, you know, I was just going to say to him, you know, I'm doing great or whatever, like you said, and just keep going. I wasn't going to stand there and, and talk or anything like that. I was just going to keep on going. That was did my you, plan. Did, did you just say I wanted him to, what you just said? I want him to, you know, I, you have to understand, I'm still, I'm going through this I, stuff. I, I, I'm trying would, to work through it, but would, I just want I would, him. But I want you to hear yourself. I'm with you. I know, with I know. It's, it doesn't sound right. It's bad, you know. But I, I'm, I still have. And, and, and the reason I'm stopping you is because that's right. And the reason mm-hmm. I'm stopping you is because you can say what you said, but take that mm-hmm. part out about I want him to see what it feels like to be ignored. Because what you don't, you really don't know that he doesn't know that. Because you don't know if somebody else ignored him. You know, so. It's not even important to even prove anything or make him feel anything. That's not important because what happens if he doesn't feel it? What happens if he doesn't respond? You know, you thinking that you're ignoring him and he thinking, okay, good riddance. You know, mm-hmm. what happens if right. those are not the feelings? Now, you now if you're not careful, you're back to square one trying to scheme something else up because you want to make him feel a certain thing. It's not important that he feels anything. It's important that you're free from how you've been feeling about what happened. Right. So that's what's important. So if you have to, I mean, you said it tonight, release it from your spirit, but don't walk, don't, don't carry it out. You understand what I'm saying? I understand. So that means, yeah, so when you see him, the way that you can grow now, like you say, I'm growing, the way that you can take another step of growth is when you see him, be genuine in, hello, how you doing? Don't mm-hmm. do it because you want to be genuine. And, you know, you might say, you might not. Originally, I was for it because I want him to be ignored, feel like, what, want him to know what it feels like to be ignored. But I'm going to say today that I'm not going to do that. You know, if I see him, I'm going to be cordial and I'm going to keep moving. And the reason why you need to keep moving is so you won't be tempted to try to make to make him feel anything. So right. if you if you if you're tempted for that, then mm-hmm. it's it's really it's, it would it really is important that you make it quick, get out the way, keep moving. You know, be cordial, make it right. quick. It's polite, but mm-hmm. um, don't don't linger too much in his in his presence or. Because then all of a sudden some of those retali- uh, retaliation thoughts might come up or revenge or, mm-hmm. you know, I want you to hurt as much as I hurt. I want you to feel what I'm feeling, you know. And you have no guarantee, none, that he's going to feel it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to become even more angry mm-hmm. when you find out that he's not feeling it. So don't put yourself in that position. Put yourself in a position where you can start to grow, like you said, and then to begin to uh, uh, experience your own healing, your emotional healing. You want your emotional strength to be increased so that you won't have to have those thoughts, you know. Right. And so it may be really important for you to actually talk to um, a professional who's an expert in relationship matters, you okay. know, or somebody who's an expert in women issues, uh, 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 an expert on women uh, on women issues, you know, uh, somebody who can really walk you through it, you know, take you on that journey in the right direction, you know, and not leave you out there to fend for yourself. You know, I said the other night, in order for us sometime to receive the healing that we need, we have to get connected with people who can help right. us. Right. 
Right, and that and sounds like what I really need to do, seek some mm-hmm. professional help, you know, with, from someone, like you said, a relationship expert and all. So I really right. do need to Absolutely. And that. don't, right, that's what I was about to say, don't be afraid to do that. Oh, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, the Bible, so it, the Bible says it like this, in a multitude of counsel, there is safety. So if you want to make sure that your life is in a is is covered in a safe zone, then you need to seek counsel and you need okay. to seek people who can help you. And then okay. that way you can you can actually really filter through what you're going through and then actually come out more healthier because you're going to filter out some stuff, you're going to replace it with some better um uh with some strength and some knowledge and um some other things that can help you. Okay. So, okay? Yes. All right. I want to thank you for sharing again on tonight, okay? Okay. All right. Hold on. All right. I want to thank that caller again. And again, for those who are listening um, uh, on the show tonight, I really appreciate the ones who are really opening up and sharing because sometimes we're when you're going through something, you feel like you're the only one when you're going through it or you feel like you're the, you, no one else might not be going through it the way you're going through it or having the same type experience that you're having. And sometimes, you know, um, we actually need to talk to somebody to actually get those things out of our spirit and so that somebody else can hear us with a clear ear and then begin to point out some things to us that we're saying, that we're doing, you know, and so um I was I'm I I don't I don't think that she took it in the wrong way and so I wasn't really trying to interrupt her to keep her from talking. I wanted her to hear herself. I want to say back to her what she was saying and what she was doing so she can see what the pattern is, you know. And all of us who before we are grown actually become matured in our lives, especially in the area of relationships, if we go back over our lives, we can find some of those same type scenarios where when it was over or the relationship ended, we, we did one or two things trying to, you know, see if, you know, instead of letting it go. And so you have to learn those things. You have to, like I said before, on one other uh, teaching, that uh, we don't wake up knowing how to have good relationships. We have to do that. And we, we haven't always been... Um, we haven't all been brought up on how to even have good, healthy, romantic relationships or good friendships with people. We, You know, they, people tell, told us things, but most of the time it was negative kind of things. Watch out for this. Watch out for that. Don't do this. Don't do that. But we didn't get the dues, you know, and so we struggle sometimes in that. So um, if if someone else on the line has a comment, please press the number one, and we will um, – take another call or two if not we're going to end on tonight with a word of prayer and then we will pick up on tomorrow night and tomorrow night we're going to be talking about the process of letting go what are the the actual steps that you can take and 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 work to work through letting it go some people can let go cold turkey and then some people actually have to walk that process out the letting go process out and that's where you know anything is challenging uh when and, and there's some um for lack of a better word, now there could be some fear sometimes of letting something go because now when I let it go, what's going to replace it? You know, if I if I let go of this anger, what's going to replace it? Because I don't have anything else right now. I'm just mad. You know, I'm just mad about this thing. So if I let this anger go, what else is going to put? It's going to take its place. And so we have the fear of the unknown, even in these types of situations. And so we hesitate to let go. And so we're going to learn the process of letting go and how um, we can let go without knowing 
what's going to show up or what time it's going to show up and still be healthy and free in, in our lives. And so, okay, in the next 30 seconds, anyone else, please press the one. If not, we're going to close in prayer. And I want to, I appreciate your time. I'm so humbled by your uh, your presence on the call, uh, on the, listening into the show on tonight. I really am, I humbly appreciate you uh, listening in. I, I see some of the, the area codes and the numbers and that you've been calling in since uh, the first night. And that is a blessing to me. And, and, and I just want to take a moment to really thank you. I know your time is valuable. And from the bottom of my heart, I really do thank you for listening in. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and close out um, in prayer on tonight. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you on tonight. We honor you, Lord God. You heard everything on tonight. You, uh, even in the chat room, you know what the major issue of life uh, is. And the phone, the, the call, the callers that actually spoke on the call on tonight, and even those that didn't, you still know what's going on in their lives. Your word says that you will perfect those things that concern us. We stand, we set our faith in agreement with that on tonight. We cast our cares upon you because you care for us. And Father, we know that when we do that, that everything is okay, that you're going to have everything under control. I thank you for that. I pray for every listener on tonight in the chat room by phone, Lord, Lord God. Your word says that if they, give, if they delight in you, you will give them the desires of their hearts. Whatever their desires are, I pray that you would draw them near to you, that they would draw near to you as you draw near to them so that you can bless their lives with the desires that they have in their hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you again. I want to encourage you tonight. When I was teaching on Stop the Madness, that is an excerpt from one of the study manuals I have on friends, foes, and fellow Christians. If you go to the website, www.gingerlondon.com, you can purchase a copy uh, of the uh, manual. And uh, if you're on the website, please become an e-club member so that we can let you know um, about all of the upcoming events and other things that are going on. And so I'm going to close out with that. I thank you. God bless you. Have a wonderful and blessed day evening. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.